Welcome to RoyalOaks.com. I'm Royal Oaks. We recently lost a giant of the entertainment world. Gary Shandling wasn't just a hugely talented comedian. By all accounts, he wasn't only brilliant, he had the empathy gene. And by giving us two groundbreaking series, It's Gary Shandling's Show and The Larry Sanders Show, he made a remarkable contribution to the history of a medium that's had more to do with shaping the lives and perceptions of Americans in the last 50 years than just about any other cultural influence, television. Well, I never met the fellow, and I'm no TV critic, but I know a good obituary and a good appreciation when I see one. So I'd like to share with you some of the very best words written about Gary Shandling. I'll start with a pair of obituaries from the New York Times and the L.A. Times that may remind you about the remarkable life he lived, and then a pair of appreciations that share perspectives on his life that may surprise you. First, the New York Times obituary by Jason Zinnoman. It didn't take long for Gary Shandling, who died Thursday at the age of 66, to ask the audience what they thought of his hair. As a stand-up comic, he led with his neuroses, telling dark and cuttingly self-deprecating jokes in between wide, needy grins. I'm dating a homeless woman, goes the setup to one joke. It was easier talking her into staying over. If his anxiety could become shtick, his production company was called How's My Hair, he turned it into something grander and even tragic in The Larry Sanders Show, his singular, scathingly funny HBO series, which not only anticipated the current golden age of television, but also a more ambitious strain of brutally honest comedy. As tender as it was cynical, it was a show about friendship and betrayal and loneliness, the King Lear of talk show satires. And it wasn't even his first groundbreaking television series. In the mid-1980s, he starred in It's Gary Shandling's Show, a deconstructionist sitcom created with Alan Zweibel that destroyed the fourth wall, then played with the rubble. Mr. Shandling played a stand-up comic who constantly interrupted scenes by talking to the audience about being in his own show. His opening theme song underlined the self-references. This is the theme to Gary's show, the theme to Gary's show, the jingle started. Gary called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. With its formal playfulness and meta-commentary, this show did for the network sitcom, it began on Showtime but was picked up by Fox in 1988, what David Letterman achieved for late-night talk shows. Of course, Mr. Shandling's comedy, on stage and screen, was always inward-looking, even self-obsessed. He was a gifted writer who could inhabit disparate voices in his early stand-up, where he was part of the storied comedy store scene in the 1970s in Los Angeles, along with Andy Kaufman, Mr. Letterman, and Robin Williams, displayed skill at observational humor. It's no accident that on his greatest triumph he wrote about a world that he knew well, the late-night talk show. When Mr. Shandling starred as a guest host for Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show, rotating with Jay Leno, a comedy store colleague, as the Monday night host every other week for a stint in the late 80s, he didn't act or look like a traditional host. His Jewish anxiousness and self-deprecating sexual jokes were far more common in comedy clubs than on talk shows, where most hosts were coolly reserved Midwestern stoics like Johnny Carson or Jack Parr. In Larry Sanders, he stripped his own persona bare, moving from the smooth on-screen monologues to the awkward and nasty offstage politicking that examined the main character's every insecurity and narcissistic tendency. 
In one of the funnier episodes, Sanders engages in a heated Hollywood battle with Ben Stiller, who plays himself, over finagling a spot in People Magazine's annual Sexiest Man of the Year issue. When Mr. Stiller appears on the show, amiable jokes on air turn to insults during a commercial. The two characters one-up each other in stinging put-downs until Sanders says, If you could see how Jewish you look right now, it's an ugly and ridiculous moment, a twisted parody of Jewish self-hatred that touches several raw nerves. At the same time, it involves the vainest men in the pettiest fight. Yet Mr. Shandling performs the hurt with nervy realism, finding the pathos in this silly man. He's still the guy worried about his hair, but this time, the insecurity he displays is more and less than funny. Next obituary is by Los Angeles Times reporter Scott Collins. Gary Shandling, the pioneering cable TV star and writer whose turn as a self-doubting talk show host on HBO's The Larry Sanders Show during the 1990s, helped redefine the television sitcom. He's died at 66. The Chicago-born Shandling died Thursday in Los Angeles of a heart attack, spokesman Alan Nerob said. Shandling was among a generation of comics who helped revolutionize TV comedy by casting aside the set-up punchline mechanics of the traditional network sitcom and exploring characterization more deeply. Like his contemporary David Letterman, Shandling had little patience for show business conventions, which he found worthy of ridicule. Unlike Letterman, he never earned the brass ring of his own network talk show, even though he was a frequent guest host on The Tonight Show, and was at one time, along with Letterman and Joan Rivers, a leading contender to replace Johnny Carson, who retired in 1992. That job ultimately went to Jay Leno. Instead, Shandling reached his greatest career pinnacle as Larry Sanders, a host of a fictional talk show who was caught in an awkward, passive-aggressive dance with everyone in his sphere, including his own on-air sidekick, Hank Haynow Kingsley, Jeffrey Tambor. Larry Sanders, which aired on HBO from 1992 to 1998, pushed the boundaries by featuring real celebrities and sometimes less-than-flattering cameos, often discussing real projects, having Shandling directly address the audience and refer not so subtly to his own problems, and especially controversial at the time, doing away with a laugh track. Such features are now commonplace in sitcoms ranging from The Office to 30 Rock to Modern Family, but they were groundbreaking at the time, with Larry Sanders winning numerous awards, including three primetime Emmys. Shandling died after being rushed to the hospital after an unspecified medical emergency, according to the Los Angeles Police Department, which said it would investigate the cause of his death. No further details were immediately available. Shandling never married and appeared to have no close survivors. Comics who felt his influence took to social media to pay their respects. Gary Shandling was as kind and generous as he was funny, and that is saying a lot, Jimmy Kimmel tweeted. Albert Brooks wrote, Brilliantly funny and such a great guy. He will be so missed. Gary would see the ridiculousness of me being asked to sum up his life five minutes after being told of his passing. It's a perfect, ridiculous Larry Sanders moment, director Judd Apatow said in a statement. I can imagine how Hank would handle it, but I just don't know how to sum up someone I loved so much who taught me everything I know and was always so kind to me. I am just too sad. Maybe tomorrow I'll do better.
Working with him was one of the great privileges of my career, said co-star Rip Torn, who played Sanders' blustery producer Artie. He was a comic talent of immense originality, who enthusiastically encouraged and responded to the originality of others. HBO said in a statement, Gary ushered in the modern period of programming at HBO with his brilliant masterpiece, The Larry Sanders Show. All of us at HBO have a special place in our hearts for him, not only for his enormous talent, but for his kindness and decency. We will miss him terribly. Perhaps because he was a self-described neurotic himself, Shandling was sensitive about satirizing people in the entertainment industry, first on his late 1980s Showtime series It's Gary Shandling's Show, and then on Larry Sanders. It's an extremely delicate process because no one wants to be made fun of, and I try to really be protective of that, Shandling explained to the Times in 1995, speaking of Larry Sanders. I don't think this is a mean-spirited show in any way. There's a level of satire in which, if one gets it, then they're willing to play with that. This show allows an opportunity for some people to play themselves in a way that they haven't been able to do before. After Larry Sanders wrapped up, Shandling became an in-demand MC, hosting the Emmys in 2000 and 2004. But his career suffered in later years. An attempt to break out as a leading movie star, the 2000 fantasy What Planet Are You From, fizzled with critics and audiences. TV roles grew scarce. He endured a public falling out with his one-time manager, Brad Gray, now the powerful chief of Paramount Pictures. Shandling claimed he had been the target of a smear campaign directed by Gray and private investigator Anthony Pelicano after a series of business disagreements. Shandling testified in 2008 at Pelicano's trial for wiretapping and conspiracy. Gray denied Shandling's charges. Shandling was born November 29, 1949. When he was young, his parents, who ran small businesses, moved the family from Chicago to Arizona to seek treatment for Gary's older brother, Barry, who suffered from cystic fibrosis. Barry died at age 10. Shandling moved to Los Angeles in the early 1970s to pursue a career in comedy writing. He started out writing ad copy before eventually landing staff writing jobs on sitcoms like Sanford and Son and Welcome Back, Cotter. After a serious car accident in Beverly Hills when he was 27, Shandling decided to focus on building a career as a stand-up comedian. He landed gigs at the Comedy Store in L.A. and cultivated a stage persona that played up his real-life neuroses. He booked a coveted spot on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show in 1981 and became a regular guest on the show. Carson, whose favor was highly sought after by young comics, tapped him as a permanent guest host. By 1986, he'd created his own Showtime sitcom, It's Gary Shandling's Show. The series, co-created by Alan Zweibel, ran until 1990. More recently, Shandling joined Jerry Seinfeld on his web series, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, in an episode with the eerily foreboding title, It's Great That Gary Shandling Is Still Alive. In the episode, the comedy pals toured their old stomping grounds of the comedy store and talked about their career paths. During the drive, Shandling mentioned that he had a hyperparathyroid gland that was undiagnosed because, as Shandling put it, the symptoms mirror the exact same symptoms an older Jewish man would have, which is, you know, lethargic, you get puffy, you get heavy, you kind of feel like you want a divorce, but you're thinking you're not married. The pair also chatted about death, particularly those of fellow comedians Robin Williams and David Brenner and the legacy of their work. Shandling said, material is purely a vehicle for you to express your spirit and your soul and your being before expressing in his droll way what he'd want his end to be like. 
What I want at my funeral is an actual boxing referee to do a count, and at five just wave it off and say, he's not getting up, Shandling said. And now to the pair of appreciations. The first by Raymond Siller, he was the longtime head writer for Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. In anticipation of his first full week as guest host of The Tonight Show in 1986, Gary Shandling requested a meeting with our writing staff in my office. He showed up with his then-manager, Brad Gray. He'd later sue Mr. Gray for $100 million, alleging a conflict of interest. Mr. Shandling had killed in prior stand-up appearances. His observational material largely centered on his neurosis about his hair and dating life. That afternoon, he suggested a number of funny but ambitious ideas for his coming week. Among them was a desire to get away from his home base, the desk and couch, wander into the audience, and even take cameras outside the studio. I mentioned that strolling into the audience was Johnny Carson's turf, and it probably wouldn't fly, and that it was unlikely the format would be overhauled for a guest host. Two hours later, Gary was still pitching innovative ideas. He performed so well as guest host that his name was floated as a possible successor to Carson, but he took himself out of the running. Later, when David Letterman bolted from NBC to CBS, Gary was offered Dave's 12.30 a.m. slot. He turned that down, too. He didn't see his future as a conventional talk show host. He had other ideas. I noticed that when Gary was booked as a guest on Carson, he'd stand backstage, peering at the monitor and whisper observations to his manager. He seemed obsessed with the way Johnny conducted himself on air, his demeanor, the ad-libs when conversations drifted away from the safety of pre-interview notes. Gary resembled an NFL quarterback studying game footage of an opposing team to gather intelligence for the following Sunday. The fixation on Carson would resurface years later in a sitcom he created for HBO, The Larry Sanders Show. It was likely no coincidence that his bogus talk show debuted in 1992, the year that Johnny retired. Larry slash Gary was an egomaniacal, anxiety-ridden talk show host who exposed his demons safely behind the curtain, hidden from the camera's prying eyes. Larry was cosseted by the sycophantic, foul-mouthed producer Artie Riptorn. His sidekick announcer was the needy Hank, Jeffrey Tambor, starved for praise and ever anxious to pad his part beyond a shouting hey now when introducing Sanders. The series focused on the raw, behind-the-scenes scheming and backstabbing among the performers, as well as the writers, bookers, and support staff, fueled by a common need to please their star. The humor was organic, the intersection of jealous, fearful head cases in a pressure environment. This was exquisite fodder for a writer with a good eye. The Larry Sanders Show became the cool hangout for real-life celebrities like Carol Burnett, who could reveal their darker sides and display themselves in a negative light. It was groundbreaking, paving the way for future close-to-the-bone comedies like Curb Your Enthusiasm. The comic's job is to fool the audience, to lead it down a path, then whiplash it with a surprise punchline. All along, Gary planted clues to make us believe he was doing Carson, the familiar sidekick, the cynical senior producer, protective of his star, boasting of his conquests of old Hollywood actresses. Surely this was The Tonight Show. So you may wonder whether his sitcom was an accurate portrayal of backstage life at The Carson Show. 
Comedy can't be successful unless there's an underlying core of truth. As a veteran of the talk show scene, I can identify with the oddball traits on display so common to those of us who toiled in late-night television. It may be worth noting that both Ed McMahon and producer Freddie de Cordoba appeared as guests on Larry Sanders, possibly to draw a firewall between themselves and their fictional counterparts. I never asked Johnny what he thought of the series. In the PBS documentary on Carson, a teary-eyed Mr. Shandling said, I couldn't believe how stunned I was the day Johnny Carson died. I wasn't that close to the guy. Now I realize how close I was. Gary's magic never relied on hacky mother-in-law or sex jokes. It bored in on the character's raw inner life, what made Larry, Larry. The conceit was an ostensibly friendly talk show host with a polar opposite troubled personal life. This was a pure example of comedy misdirection. Gary was hiding in plain sight in front of a national audience. He wasn't doing an impression of Carson. He was doing himself. As a viewer watching the paranoia play out, at the same time there was an uncomfortable and hilarious experience was peculiar. The combination of smart writing and the understated acting of Gary and his fellow players make it a masterpiece. Gary Shandling chose to withdraw from regular appearances on television. That was our loss. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to binge watch the 89-episode boxed set for the second time. And finally, an appreciation by Los Angeles Times television critic Robert Lloyd. Gary Shandling has died Thursday in Los Angeles at the ridiculous age of 66. And while his death seems the very definition of unexpected, I like to think, based on what I knew of him, first or second hand, that he was ready for it on the deeper level where he seemed to like to live. I'm going to write first about the comedian, writer, actor, and artist, and then about the person in person. After meeting him, I was never able to view the performer as separate from the person. That's true to some extent whenever you spend time with someone whose work you've admired. You can feel like they belong to you in some completely unrealistic way. But this is something different, something deeper, amplified by Shandling's own insistence on the importance of being authentic and real and in the moment, on the importance of being, period, even in the context of an interview. Shandling, who trained as an electrical engineer, began as a comedy writer, then went into stand-up and became a frequent guest host of The Tonight Show. He was successful in all those things. If he'd wanted it, he could have positioned himself as Johnny Carson's successor, if not exactly groundbreaking. Then, for Showtime, he made It's Gary Shandling's Show, a meta-meta-fictional sitcom in which he played a version of himself, that series, which broke not only the fourth but the fifth wall, pulling the camera back far enough to make the studio audience part of the action, was something new and something still to cherish. But it was also too odd to be really influential. Shandling's real legacy begins with The Larry Sanders Show, which he created for HBO in 1992, in which he created and played a neurotic talk show host whose life might have in some respects resembled his own. To my mind, this is where the new age of television, call it golden or whatever you like, really begins. This is where the curtain comes up, where the walls fall. It's a show that didn't settle for light or dark, for funny or not funny, for good people or bad. It was farcical and naturalistic at once, emotionally naturalistic, visually new. It had a documentary swing based on the exigencies of a low budget, critical and compassionate, hilarious and deep. It is a box to hold everything, 
and everything it was proceeded from the Creator's star's demands, not just for a new kind of series, but a new way of making one, with consciousness and, a word he repeatedly used, courage. I first met Shandling at the Hotel Bel Air in 2007, after the release of Not Just the Best of the Larry Sanders Show, a DVD set of self-selected episodes that also contained a number of new, highly unusual interviews, encounters, really, Shandling himself conducted with people who had been on the show and to different degrees in his life. There were lots of trees and water and swans at the hotel. That doesn't seem to me coincidental. We're given the choice of the venue. He was there to promote a product, officially, but it seemed important to him that I felt that was secondary to the fact that we were two people sharing a sliver of space-time. One menu option on the DVD set read in Shandling's own handwriting, I don't really want to watch this DVD. I'd rather spend my time talking to a human being. I'm sure there are plenty of people who could testify to a person different from the one I met then, someone conflicted and unfinished and as troubled by ego as the next guy. But understanding is also a life's work, and it seemed to be, from this and subsequent conversations, the work that interested him. And so he showed me the Zen emptiness circle, a symbol of the borderless unity of all things he had tattooed on the back of his neck. He described making Sanders as almost a sacred process, an exercise in finding the moment, of feeling safe to be who you are, even as it was a chance to explore the shadow side of human behavior. Also featured on that DVD set, a sequence in which a Vietnamese Buddhist monk speaks to Shandling of extending love and compassion to all sentient beings, and notes that the true enemy is ignorance. At one point, as the interview was beginning to stretch beyond anything previously discussed, and we were walking around the hotel grounds, he put a hand on my shoulder, and for a long, wordless moment, looked straight into my eyes, as if he were looking for something fundamental past them. Perhaps he was deciding whether more time with me was worth his time, or maybe this was just his way. It was a little uncomfortable, not in a bad way, and remarkable and memorable. After Sanders ended in 1998, Shandling was hardly invisible. He hosted the Emmys, acted a little, went on talk shows, did stand-up, often, if not mostly, unannounced. His final appearance was a recent episode of good friend Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is ironically filled with talk of death. But he was not as active as might have been expected of an artist so widely liked, professionally esteemed, and personally influential within his community, both among his chronological peers and younger artists to whom he gave a break, or influenced, or incidentally mentored. We spoke about this in 2010, when a complete set of Sanders episodes was released. I was on Regis Philbin a couple of years ago, Shandling recalled then, and he asked me, now, where do you go? I hear you go to Hawaii. I'm very confused. You're a talented guy and you disappear. And I said, well, why you're confused is because I go off TV. And he didn't quite know what I meant. And then I spoke to Howard Stern recently, and he said, why did you never take the actual talk shows you could have hosted? And I said, well, unlike you, I don't have the gift of wanting to go on the air every day because I need the space in between to grow. And I think he was confused by that, much in the same way. 
That's what we were exploring on Larry Sanders, the human qualities that have brought us to where we are now in the world, the addiction to needing more and wanting more and talking more. We were examining the labels put on success. Is it successful to be on TV every day, to be famous, to have a paycheck? And you see, what's missing is love and heart. This may be an unorthodox entry to our top 50 song list, but Gary Shandling was an unorthodox guy. Enjoy the theme to The Larry Sanders Show. Live on tape from Hollywood, The Larry Sanders Show. Tonight, join Larry and his guests, John Lovitz, Lyle Lovitz, Steve Duchesne, and me, Hey Now, Hank Kingsley. And now, because we've tried it with just the desk, and it really isn't the same, Larry 